everybody, and welcome to a very special A Conversation with Brian. Our guest tonight, Maurice McDavid. Maurice serves as a K-5 building dual language principal in West Chicago's elementary district number 33. His fight for equity extends beyond the school day as he and a fellow educator also co-host a podcast called Black, Brown, and Bilingue that endeavors to bring unity and uplift the voices of the black and brown community. Maurice is the author of What I Always Wanted to Be in the first of a series of books that he is currently working on that will star Maurice and his children. And so without further ado, Maurice, welcome to A Conversation with Brian. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited that you're here. Quick story. I was, as I normally am, on social media, and I was just kind of just surfing through Twitter. And probably in early, maybe October or November, I see this fascinating guy on Twitter. And I'm like, this guy is written, going to write a book, and he's a principal. And I just started kind of looking at his page and it was you, Maurice. And I'm like, I got to have him on my show because he seems so fascinating. He seems so positive. And, you know, we're all about being positive. I think one of the things, Maurice, I, I um, really thought about when I started this show was the the inundation of negativity that's coming from the outside on our profession. And you and I both know, you know, at me as a former principal, you as a, a sitting principal, that there are so many wonderful things that are happening in our schools every single day. So many children moving along, getting better and better. So many educators putting more tools in their toolkits to improve on behalf of their students. And so my goal was to be positive by design, really, instead of being negative by default. And so I said, I'm gonna find all the great educators have them on my show and tell the world how great they are and show what they are doing. And so at the beginning of each one of my shows, Maurice, I ask my, my guests to tell a little bit about your personal story, your professional journey, so our audience can kind of get to know who you are. So who is Maurice McDavid? Yeah, absolutely. First off, uh, Brian, again, thank you so much for the invitation. And, and definitely thank you for, for doing this. Like you mentioned, um, there's a lot of negativity out there right now. Um, and so I think we, we gotta take time and pause and reflect on those positive things. And I would argue that really that's a major part of who I am uh, as a person um, and, and as a leader and educator is uh, reflecting on, on those positives. Um, I, um, grew up uh, in a, well, it was a small town. Uh, now it's yeah. kind of a, a city, um, home to NIU, DeKalb, Illinois, okay. um, home to Northern Illinois University, and um, grew up there um, and was super fortunate to have uh, just a series of really good teachers. Um, in fact, um, I would then go on and start my educational career here in DeKalb, and um, ended up teaching my first grade teacher's daughter. You know, it was, it was one of those. Oh, it went full circle, huh? Yes, yeah, right? So, wow. um, you know, and, and so many of those situations. Um, in fact, even uh, the building where I'm currently the sitting principal, um, the principal prior to me who was there for 13 years was my middle school principal. 
Wow. Right. So um, and he had left here to go out to, you know, West Chicago and um, and was uh, the principal there. And then I ended up. So, again, just a small world education. Sure. is. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess a, a little bit about how I how I got into um, education and then, you know, certainly we can. I don't like to talk too much about me, but but since I'm here, <laughs> you know what? This 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 is all about Maurice tonight. This is about you. I want you. To, all right. You know, and, and and one of the things again, educators are so modest. And again, it's not bragging. It's actually being just sharing our story because when you share and you talk about you, you just just like you wrote this book, and we're going to talk about your book. But when you share and talk about you, some kid, some adult might say, "Oh, that's a connection." That I can do that because he yeah. did it, right? And so yeah. it's not bragging. It's like really helping us pave the way for others. Right. Absolutely. Shining that light. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I um. So 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 you know I will say um, again had a was very fortunate to have a good education growing up. I went off to um, Knox College in Galesburg, Illinois. Played some Division three football there. And when I arrived at Knox, I was going to be a political science major go to law school, wanted to be the first black president. And, you know, Barack Obama came along and ruined that. So I was like, okay, I gotta change, <laughs> gotta change my career or whatever. Um, but what actually ended up happening was I got closed out of a political science class. And um, so I took a class instead called School and Society. And in that class, the teacher uh, took us to go see um, Freedom Writers. Ooh. And Hillary Schwenk's character says, I was gonna, you know, I was gonna become a lawyer, uh, but by the time you're defending a kid in the courtroom, it's too late, and the real battle is in the classroom. And um, that I'm telling you, that next week I went and changed, you know, signed up to be an education major, and um, ended up minoring in elementary education with a, um, I'm sorry, majoring in elementary education with a minor in Spanish and a minor in history. Um, got middle school endorsements in in Spanish and English and social studies. Um, and then uh, went, ended up going back to DeKalb, worked as a paraprofessional for a year in a uh, special education classroom for, for students with severe and profound disabilities, which taught me a, just a ton. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then uh, for there, taught eighth grade social studies and language arts for three years, taught middle school Spanish for two years. Um, during that time, um, earned my, my master's in ed leadership, and then um, got a chance to be dean of students at DeKalb High School. Uh, in fact, my first year there was my 10-year class reunion. I'd been out oh, of wow. school 10 years, wow. and I was now back as a dean, which made evaluation season very interesting. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I hear you. But, uh, but you know, I, I will just say, I think... Um, Throughout all of that, and then when in, I was an assistant principal at a, at a dual language elementary building for a year, and now this is year two um, of being principal uh, at, at this dual language school that I'm at now. Wow. And so you've had a varied career already. And, and you know, I heard you talk about, you know, uh, the, the Spanish piece. You know, I was listening to your podcast the other day. And again, we're going to get to your book, but I was listening to your podcast the other day, Black, Brown, and Bilingue. And and it was fascinating. Um, you you had talked about um, this this idea of language of success, and 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 can you kind of expand on that? Because you know, again, we words are very powerful, 
And we don't realize how powerful those words are when we give kids labels or we say things that may not seem negative, but um, it, they hold negative connotations and kids or, or adults hold on to them. And so this, this idea of language of success really fascinated me. Yeah, so um, a, a good colleague, a good friend of mine, her name is Lisette Jacobson. That's my, my, my podcast partner. Um, we ended up going through our master's together. We actually started teaching together in DeKalb and, um, we'd be after class during our master's program, having these conversations and like, man, that was a dope conversation. We should have recorded that, you know, (laughs) out of that was birthed this podcast and out of the podcast has come some professional development that we've put together for, um, for some different, um, opportunities that we've presented. Um, and, um, and so one of them is the language of success, and it really uh, just emphasizes this idea that we can and should and need to elevate languages other than standard English. And when when yeah. I say standard English, right, I'm talking, you know, what we what you hear people say things like, well, that's not proper. Right. Um, yeah. But even in that statement, right, you've made actually now a a value statement, a judgment. A judgment. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. so. We, we really try to emphasize through this PD that it's important that we remember kids receive love yeah. in languages other than standard English, right? And so those languages cannot should not be called wrong or yeah. improper. Um, and, and so it's not in opposition to standard English, but it is in the idea that we can elevate languages other than standard English, whether that be a, 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 another language, Spanish or, mm-hmm. or Arabic or Hindi. Right. Or whether that be other variations of English, like, you know, academically, what is referred to as African-American vernacular English sure. um, or, or Chicano English. Yeah. Um, and talking about how those maintain certain structures and are also linguistically advanced yeah. um, such that they have value. I and love again, that. Um, people receive love there. So yeah, I love that you say that. I love that that idea because once we put a judgment on somebody's language, we actually put a judgment on their intelligence, right? And so we're like, you can speak any way and and have a different vernacular and still be just as intelligent as somebody who's speaking standard English. But if we, as, as the educators, look say something to a student that makes them who a student who traditionally may have been marginalized and we say it in a way that says you need to speak this way you're going to sh- many times shut them down or or they're going to feel like I'm not as smart and so I love that idea of language of success that that's awesome hey let's turn to your book because I think that's something that caught my eye when I was going through Twitter and I saw your book's cover um you know talk about your book uh what inspired you to write this book yeah, definitely. I, there's a there's a couple of things. I think uh, number one um, for me is my children. Um, uh, I, I grew up, um, you know, my mother raised me and my two brothers, uh, and and my my father. Um, and I always couple this with my father and I today have developed a relationship in adulthood, and and we've worked sure. through some things. Sure. Um, so I'm really appreciative of that, and I mention that because. Um, you know, I think he's, he's done some things to attempt to redeem some of that time that was lost. Sure. Um, but I will say that him not being around when I was younger was definitely a motivation for me to be the best father I could be. Yeah. Um, 
And I think a lot about that, um, both with my biological children, but also in my work uh, as, as a youth pastor in my church, and also um, really a mentor um, in the community. It's, it's funny because today I just had a former student uh, message me on Facebook, and she is now looking to put together some mentor work and mentor organizations for the community. And she said, Mr. McDavid, I'd love if you could be involved. See, that's a, that's huge. And think about that that imprint you put on this person, this student, because again, you shared something of yourself and mentored this person. And now this person wants to do it for somebody else and somebody else. And so yes. this just magnifies. And that's what our profession does. I don't think people understand this. We create all these success stories. Right. A hundred percent. It was definitely um, very affirming for me. I'm, I'm looking at my schedule because uh, I'm back in school right now. You know, I'm, I'm working on my EDS mm -hmm. um, and then we'll continue into my EDD program. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to tell her yes and fully commit. <laughs> but the fact that she asked me yeah. made me realize, you know, hey, this is something that and, and maybe I can be in an advisory role where I'm going to play the background a little bit more. Sure. But um, that definitely, I think, was was part of that inspiration um, for that book uh, was, was again, my children, but also my biological children. I have three, um, but then also um, the, the young people that I've had the chance to work with um, and come alongside and encourage in those, in those um, formidable years. That is so awesome. So I just popped the, your book cover on the, uh, on the screen, what I always wanted to be. And so, so tell us a little bit about the book. Um, you know, I, I know that that, you know, being an African-American male is 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 so important for a, a number of, um, you know, young people. And so, you know, tell us about, you know, why you wrote the book. Um, tell us about, you know, what is the book about? And you and you have um, some ideas of making this kind of a series. Yeah. So so first off, I want to shout out my um, my. Uh, artist, uh, graphic designer, his name is Divine Lee or, or, or uh, Willie Lespie, um, does great work. Um, I was looking to have somebody do the artwork who was connected to me. And, yeah. and, and honestly, I was looking for a Black artist to come alongside me. And um, so my brother had kind of dabbled in some art when he was younger and um, couldn't quite get, it, um, get free enough to do it. Right. But then I was scrolling through Facebook and my cousin who lives in Chicago, her boyfriend does this work on the side. He actually works with children for a living as a BCBA and then does this on the side. So I reached out to him and we were able to connect. So I'm excited about that. The, the whole format of the book is basically talking about all the different things I wanted to be as a child, um, from a lawyer to a rapper, to a, a policeman, to a firefighter and, and the reasons why. Yeah. And, and then the second half of the book kind of reveals, well, in this one job that I have, I get to be a hero and I get to keep people safe and I get to talk to people about justice and I get to tell people uh, that there's hope in the world and I get to share with people that their brown skin is beautiful. And that one job that wraps all of that up is being a dad. And, um, and so- awesome. Since releasing this book, I've, I've ran in a couple of different folk who are on their way to being parents um, who are expecting currently. And I said, hey, I got something for you because <laughs> you may not have even known 
But when that child enters this world, you're going to realize this is what you've always wanted. This is this our purpose, right? This is our purpose. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, when, when you start to talk about being a dad, and, and I have two two daughters, um, uh, and, and again, I, I feel like I have hundreds of kids um, because of, you know, being a principal and, you know, being an educator for over 37 years. But the, the impact that we, we have, and I don't think sometimes we realize that impact, you know, you walking down the hall, Maurice, in your building, you say the slightest word, everybody's watching you. You go out in the, in the neighborhood, you go out anywhere. As a black male, everybody's watching you. And so the impact that we have on how we behave, how we treat others, you know, the, the, the legacy that we use, um, leave is, is huge. And so you writing this book just really made me feel so great because I saw kids who look like me, kids who look like my kids, kids who look like kids um, in, in my former school and, and kids who I, I work with. And so my, my next question is, you know, how do you see this book used possibly in schools? And I'll get back to how families can use it, but I wanted to segue to how do you think this book can be used in schools to to um, in, in with, with with teachers? Absolutely. So so I'll share with you one of the ways that we've used it already um, at, at at my school. Um, our literacy coach came to me and said, "Hey, Mr. McDavid, we are planning a literacy night, and the theme for the whole week is going to be changing our world." And so we're going to talk about different ways that we change our world and, and, and um, you know, different things that we can be in the future that help to change the world, you yeah. know. And I said, uh, okay, excellent. And she said, I know you've talked to me about your book. Would you mind reading that as our opening activity for this literacy night that really kind of sets the tone for talking about all these different careers? And I think, um, you know, especially in, in, in early elementary, right, you know, oftentimes first grade, you're talking about, you know, your community and you're right. talking about who are the different people in the community. Sure. Um, but I started thinking back, like, man, when I, when I think about um, all the different people that play a role in the community and the books that I grew up reading, they didn't have people that looked like me. Yeah. In those uniforms yeah. or play in those different roles. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that we can do in, uh, automatically is just remind people, right, that that um, that there are people that look like sure. you and I doing these jobs that are police officers, that are firefighters. And, and I got to be honest, the police officer piece, um, when I originally wrote this book, probably over. Uh, um, you know, or originally thought of this idea, I should say, um, two or three years ago, the police conversation was already slightly different, but I think sure. it's real different now, right, in the midst of everything. Yeah. And um, and I think a lot about, I thought a lot about that when I saw myself illustrated in, in a police uniform, and I thought, wow, what a what a difference it might make to maybe change some of that narrative and some of that yeah. conversation um, you know, I actually, uh, locally here serve on our, on our police review board. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I've been working with our police chief who was a 30 year 
you know, state police officer prior to coming here uh, to lead the department, black man. And yeah. when he walks in in the uniform, I find myself, you know, as, as a 30 some year old being like, oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. I see you, brother. You know, yeah. and, and I think there's something to that. So, well, I think that's important. Again, representation matters and, and, and making sure that we have those conversations, those open, honest conversations. My, my cousin is a police chief and he does a wonderful job with community policing and reaching out and doing so many things. And I think we sometimes forget that, that many of our family members are officers or police officers, but we see a narrative in the media that sometimes paints a, a different picture, which is not, I can't say it's untrue in some instances, but we right. have to really continue to make things better and make you know kids feel like, okay, um, this, this officer is somebody I should be able to relate to, but we have to make sure that they understand the history. Right, right, a hundred percent. Yeah. So I, I think you know, there's, there's, I think there's varying levels. Um, my, my hope too is, is just that it exposes students to the idea um, that they can be um, anything that they want to be. Um, and again, I think that goes for all of our students, uh, particularly our students of color. I, I, I'll, I'll share with you just real quick. I had a situation uh, when I was probably a junior in high school. So we're talking 2000, 2005, um, that um, I was at, a, at an event in Harvey, Illinois, which is a uh, sub, south suburb of Chicago. Uh, I was at a, this church event and I was talking with these folk that were my age. And I said, you know, yeah, I'm thinking I'm gonna go to school and become either a lawyer or a doctor. And um, this young black girl said to me, those are white people jobs. Yeah. And I just remember, like, I, I hold on to that today as a, as a principal, because um, I want to make sure that our kids are aware all jobs are their potential jobs. Exactly. You know, um, and again, my, my building currently is about 80% Latino. Um, and, um, and so I think about what I what I kind of mean, what I represent when I step in there and read this sure. book to them sure. as well. So I mean, I love, you know, when you said that, it's it's just so interesting because I'm much older than you are. Um, but when I was coming up um, in, in the 60s and 70s, and again, my, you know, my parents talked to me about, you know, again, our history, you know, there is no job that we can't do and that we weren't doing, right? And so, but there's this gap that happened where, um, a lot of our kids have not seen themselves um, being able to do certain professions. And I do have to be honest, I went to Catholic school from you know first grade to eighth grade, and I had a, a very fine experience. Um, I struggled early on to learn how to read, but my parents, you know, my dad was a principal, he was a reading teacher, and my, my mom went to college and, and, and they all, they said, we got you. Because I have to be honest, back then, and I talked to my brother and sister, you know, about this, from, you know, first grade to eighth grade, I can't remember ever seeing in my Catholic school any books with people of color. And it's, again, it's not a knock on them, not, you know, I'm not, you know, trying to slam them, but it's just, if, if my parents didn't fill that void, and we have a lot, a lot of kids whose parents can't fill that void for a number of reasons, not because they don't want to, then right. in terms of sharing with them that this is possible, these are, you know, again, you, you know, in my house, it was like, it, the question wasn't, are you going to college? The question is where? 
Right. And so we have to help kids understand that the world is their oyster. And there are people who look like them who come that that do every kind of profession. And so what you're doing is just really setting that table and giving them an idea that, yes, this is possible. Yeah. You you know, I, I, I think even the idea of being an author um, yep. is, is one that um, I, I took a moment to think about because I, um, I remember when I read this story to our students, I, I said, you know, I remember as a second grader doing a young authors, you know, um, event and, and writing this story and getting a chance to, to just kind of go through that process of, of, writing and then editing and, you know, illustrating. And then we, we um, laminated it and we bound it and, and we did some of those things. Um, so I think I, I want them to, to see like, cause I'm somebody that they know now, you know, like I'm just, I'm just Mr. McDavid, yeah. but Mr. McDavid can write a book. So again, you can write a book and, and um, you know, I look forward to um, them getting a chance to see, you know, the next, next few that'll, that'll, you know, kind of come forward. You know, how do you, and again, we, we've talked a little bit about this, but, you know, how do you as a black man, and, and you just, you, you shared most of it, you know, show up in this book in terms of the different jobs. Um, but thinking about your next book, um, the, the project that you're going to work on in the future, what do you envision that looking like? Yeah, so you know, right now, um, this book is kind of the the kickoff. But I, I definitely, um, so so I guess you got to kind of know this little bit of history about me. I um, am a lover of hip hop, mm -hmm. and um, and so my first year teaching, um, I would write my name on the board. It'd be Mr. McDavid, and and there'd be the date underneath. And every day I would change my name to something different with a D. So it'd be Mr. McDiablo. And I'd put, you know, <laughs> right. spicy or I'd put um, Mr. Mc, don't you dare. And then like I draw an I and like, you know, I'm watching sure. you. Yeah. So, but one of them was Mr. McDizzle. That's my rap name. That's, and that's, that's, and your, that's your Twitter handle. Exactly. So, so <laughs> it's rooted way back yeah. in the first year of teaching. <laughs> I didn't realize that when I was listening to the, when I saw you on Twitter, I didn't realize that's where it came from. Yes. Yeah. R rooted way back in my first year of teaching. And so at the end of my first year of teaching, in fact, as a student teacher, I had written and recorded a, a song for my kids to say goodbye to them. And then at the end of my first year of teaching, I wrote and record a, uh, recorded a song and made a music video. Uh, for the kids and you know it's out there on YouTube you can find oh, it. we're gonna have to the, check that out yeah the, <laughs> the baddest in decal you know and it was a spoof of another spoof song and so it was a lot of fun but um so as a result when I became an elementary school uh, uh assistant principal I wrote this song and recorded it for one of our PBIS uh assemblies mm -hmm. I wrote this song called Kafuti. And kafuti was one of our PBIS words, which means keep hands and feet and other objects to yourself. Okay. And so I wrote this song and it actually it's kind of a banger. Like, it, <laughs> you know, I surprised myself. It, you know, kind of came in hard, like old 90s rap. Kafuti, keep hands and feet and other objects to yourself. Do it for <laughs> your health. Okay. 
Um, is, so, is it recorded? Is this on YouTube too? Did it go, did it go viral? As well, yes. Yeah. Kafuti, I made another one. Oh, my goodness. Bus, you know, so. Um, but, but, and then since then, here at Turner, I've made them. And as part of like our PBIS awards, the kids get a chance to be in the music video with me. So, the premise of, of this next few books is going to be um, Mr. McDizzle, our, uh, you know, my dad, the rapper, is okay. going to be book one. And so it's going to be told from the point of view of my children and um, about me being this famous rapper in their mind and me really just being a principal, you know, like, like I love they, it. they think I'm famous, but, but I'm trying to explain to them, no, dad goes to elementary schools to make kids happy, but I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I'm certainly no big. So, and then in each preceding book, it'll kind of emphasize one of my children and one part of our relationship that we have together. I love um, it. And, uh, and, and so my son will go on tour with me because he likes to rap as well. Yeah. Um, he's my oldest. And my middle child, uh, we're going to have uh, a, a dance battle because she always thinks she's the best dancer. And my youngest child, um, we're going to just have a straight out wrestling match because she's the one who always wants to tussle with dad and, and wrestle with them and, and those things. I love so, it. Um, that's kind of those next few books, but I wanted to kick it off with this idea um, that that uh, fatherhood, again, whether biological or or just by the role that you play, sure. uh, and parenting in general, right? That mentoring in general is um, is really one of the most powerful things uh, that we can do. And so I'm I'm really excited. I've got the first book written. Um, in the editing process right now, uh, and then um, sending it off to my illustrator. So, and so you talked a little bit about how teachers can use the book, and and you read it to your um, your students. And so, you know, let's let's kind of turn to parents. Um, you know, for any parents out there, um, what would you say to them in terms of your book and how they can use your book? Yeah, I think you know, for parents. Um, I think a, a couple of things. I think number one, um, I, I think sometimes in pop culture, parents play the bad guy, right? Parents, the role of the parents is always like, you know, I think about like in cartoons, even kids cartoons, parents are either buffoonish or they're mean. Right. And um, I think this is a way to kind of really connect with your child and just, you know, um, I think about some of the things that my mother did for me and how she cared and how she protected, like, like last week, you know, like I, you know, like on my, on my 34th birthday last week, my mother's calling me and messaging me and giving me a card and, you know, um, yeah. and uh, uh, I just, I, I think it's an opportunity to really sit and, and bond. I think the illustrations are really powerful too, um, to be able to, um, kind of talk through, um, you know, what are the different experiences that that we have as a parent-child uh, relationship, sure. you know, in what way, um, you know, do I help you? But then I think we can take that and even flip it a, a little bit more, right? Okay, what way can you go and be a hero even right now? Yeah, 
What yeah. way can you go and and um, uh, take care of somebody even right now, right? It, whether that's a younger sibling or a friend, um, I think it, it it just kind of sets up that idea um, that that we care for one another, and yeah. I think can be a great basis for conversation. You know, I think sometimes when we look at um, and you talked about rappers and but also people who are, other people who are famous. I think um, sometimes we think that that's not attainable and we think that's the definition of success or that's the definition of influence. But you just said it, you know, we can influence right where we are in any position that we are. We can be a friend. We can we can be a person who listens. We can we can do a lot of things right within our own orbit to to influence for for the good. And I think, you know, your book and, and you said something earlier and I don't have to disagree. You, you said that. You know, in your next book, you're going to be your your kid thinks you're a rapper and that's you know and 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 you're famous. And then you said, but I just go to work and help people. But you are think about what you do. You know, our 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 profession as a principal as educators, we're the profession that creates every single profession. And so think about you know the the impact that we have on this world every single day. And so you are. You know, you know, McDizzle, you you are, you know, famous uh, and 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 impactful, and so I, I know you know that, but I just you know want to make sure that people understand that, you know, e even if you know whatever you do in in your school building, I I believe every single person in a school is an educator, from our custodians, from our cafeteria workers, from our bus drivers, from our instructional assistants, our teachers, we're all educators because if we have an, uh, an opportunity to impact, to influence, to change somebody's life, to help them learn, then we are educators. Um, I did want to say or, or ask you, because we have about you know 10 minutes left, but I did want to ask you um, as we you know start to transition um, before we end, um, in, your, in your daily work, as a as an administrator and you see the the challenges that we have in our profession on um, these last two years have been unprecedented and and i have to be honest i i retired in 2017 and i i you know do some consulting and i hear the stories and i see how much it's being put on educators um maurice for people who are thinking about education who are potential teachers and um, instructional assistants and administrators, where people are thinking about getting into the profession, what would you tell them about um, what to expect? Yeah, I uh, that's a, that's a great question. I think you know, in terms of of expectation, um, I, I want to be fully transparent yeah. uh, with folk. I don't want people coming in, um, you know, thinking. Um, that education is is an easy task, um, but I don't think it's ever been easy, and and I think it's always been something that, if done well, is going to require some 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 sweat equity and yeah. and and some some um, you know I think uh, persistence. Um, so what I would say though, you know, right now um, is is definitely you know expect. Um, to have a kid in your class who you will look at at the end of the year and just be amazed 
with how far they've come. Yeah. Um, and, and I say that because I think multiple different um, socioeconomic and, and political situations have created, um, uh, you know, it seems at times um, bigger and bigger gaps, right, of, of where kids are coming in to your classroom mm -hmm. at. Um, and when, when you get done with that kid who maybe came in reading a grade level and a half below and, and you're sending them out on grade level, just be ready for, for that. And, and what I would say is um, look for that though, right? You have to look for those moments because unfortunately the other piece that you might expect is, is, is some challenges that go along with that, right? Um, yeah. you, you, you may expect, um, um, you know, parents who maybe don't fully understand the educational system yeah. um, and, and, and some of its limitations. Um, currently, you, you may have, um, you know, political rhetoric um, that is flying around education um, that, that you presents a challenge to you as a teacher and your teaching style, um, you know, so all of those things are still going to be there, right? Yeah. I wish I could tell you that like, like some of those things are just, oh, you know, none of that's really, you know, uh, that, well, no, it's there. Yeah. But, but if you can take the energy to look for um, those, those incredible celebrations of, of the kid who at the beginning of the year could not work independently or couldn't control his or her emotions. Um, and now all of a sudden is leaving with some tools in their toolbox yeah. um, to be able to, to regulate those emotions. I mean, man, just, it, 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 it leaves you feeling ready for summer. Believe me, yeah. <laughs> you know, ready, ready, ready to go and kick your feet up for, for a quick second. But, <laughs> but also actually energized, I think, and excited about the potential of the next school year. You know, just listening to, I can feel your passion. And, you know, one of the things that, again, when we start to look for those little victories or those little um, areas where kids are being successful, um, we, we have to, we, we have to, you know, celebrate. Celebration is the fuel to our engine. And if we can't find little things to celebrate, we're gonna run on empty. We're going to run on empty. And, and so um, there's and, and the challenge is because we have and, and I would always, you know, kind of frame it in this way. When I had when I was a, a, an administrator principal, you know, we, we, we would have maybe four or five or six or seven students who took up a lot of our time and they needed it. They needed that. But that time. Um, made it feel like it was 100% of our time. And so we started to forget about all the great things that were happening. And although we were working with those students and those students were progressing as well, but they were taking up, they, they can take up a lot of time, just like a few parents can take up a lot of time. And it makes you feel like all parents are like that, but it's not, right? And so we have to really make sure that we are really putting things into, into perspective. So, yeah, no, I, I think... Um... I think that was a lesson that I pulled out of my three years as a dean of students. You know, as a dean, literally your job description is discipline. And so what happens is I have seven, I had 720 kids on my caseload. I saw about 40 of them on a regular basis, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, 
more regular than either of us, either the kid or me, wanted to really see them, right? Um, but, but they needed, I, but they needed well, because they, they did because they, they did. don't they don't have, like you said regulation all the all the social or emotional skills that those are some gaps that they don't have yet, and so they needed you and others to help them learn those skills, uh, particularly and 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 you know I think. That's one of the challenges today is really to think of it that way, right? If a kid does not know what two times two is, you don't give them lunch attention. Yeah. You scaffold the lesson and you try to get them to figure out what two plus. So if a kid does not have the skill to regulate, the skill to be able to manage that uh, that conflict differently, then then we have to be willing to teach yeah. them that skill. Yep, yep. exactly. Um, but I will say that that, again, can be tiring. And so I made time to go sit with my kids who weren't being sent to my office. Sure. So I went to them and I'd go and, and meet them in the lunchroom and chat with them. And, and uh, I started a um, started what was called um, peer mediation. And then all of a sudden I had this group of uh, student leaders who I was working with who were actually helping to mediate I think we lost. Did we lose you, Maurice? Oh. I think we lost uh, you just for a second. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There yeah, we go. You, we're back. You were saying you were <laughs> some peer mediators that you were helping. They were helping to mediate. Did they? Yeah. So, so started a peer mediation program, and then they were actually helping to mediate conflict amongst their peers, right? Where a student could step in and help, but what I I got a chance to work with the peer mediators, right? Instead of having to necessarily mediate that conflict, I trained them to do it, and sure. and I got to work with you know those student leaders. So it was really nice. Yeah. Well, Maurice, you know I, I do appreciate you coming on. Your story is awesome. The um, the book I hope it becomes a bestseller. If if um, people want to, and I will put this on my YouTube channel um, the link. But if people want to buy the book um, or contact you, follow you? How do they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Prince McDizzle, P-R-I-N-C, and then M-C-D-I-Z-Z-L-E, Prince McDizzle. Um, and then uh, um, you can actually also follow uh, our, our podcast, Black, Brown, and Bilingue, on Twitter. Um, probably just search it because the Twitter handle is like B-L-C-K, yeah. um, you know, because uh, um, we had to try to make it fit. So if you search Black, Brown, and Bilingue, um, uh, podcast is available in all podcast formats. Um, and then uh, also, you know, various places, uh, Instagram, you know, those different things. Um, as far as the book, though, um, the book is currently only available in the Lulu uh, Lulu um, book store or marketplace. Um, so if you would Google search uh, Lulu, and of course, I'll, I'll share the link as well. Um, but if you Google search Lulu um, bookstore, and then once you're there on the website, um, which is lulupress.com, um, then you can search for Maurice McDavid, or you can search for what I always wanted to be. That's awesome. Again, thanks so much. I, I, I am so thankful that you came on. Um, you were great tonight. And I think so many people um, will learn from you, will, um, as you, you write another book and another book, so many uh, kids will say, that's me, that's me, that's possible. 
I can do that. And even parents will, will be uplifted because as you said, in a number of our you know cartoons, parents are kind of looked at as buffoons and they people make jokes of them, but we need to uplift how parents are seen and how we really relate relate to our kids. And so again, thank you, Maurice, for, for coming on tonight. Thank you.